and my normal co-host, Caleb. Why don't you introduce your wonderful guest you have with you? So this is my wife, uh, Ruhama, and she goes by Rue. I, I call her Ruhama, but she prefers Rue. And tonight we're all together to discuss uh, the question or answer the question, is God sexist? So, Caleb. So before we start, should we let the women talk tonight or should they just watch? Great start. One golden start for Caleb. (laughs) So I was thinking, what if we let them start it off? Yeah, that sounds good. Why don't you ask a question to get it going, Caleb? All right. So is God sexist? Well, I guess it's important to define what what sexist is. My wife Um, said the same same thing. thing. What do you mean by that? Or what do people mean by that? Well, I mean, it's it's stereotyping based on or um, having prejudices based on gender, in which case I think that that is probably 98 percent of the population. Everyone has um, some sort of stereotype that they would lump onto one gender or the other. Um, And so in that case, I mean, I guess. Maybe we all are a little bit, but um, I think that God values both genders equally. So, no, I do not believe that he is sexist. Um, I think that people misunderstand him and have um, been sexist. And I think it's also been um, one of the more damaging things on earth about um, the misunderstandings of God as far as um yeah, as far as people thinking that God is sexist. I think that it's been one of the most damaging for people in the church and also for people, the way that people see the church. Um, I thought it was actually really positive when like Solomon thought he should go and have like a thousand wives. I thought that really had a really good impact on the history of the... (laughs) Hey, strike two for Caleb. So so let me ask you ladies this. Why do you... So first, let me ask you this. Do you think... And this is obviously an opinion. None of us have taken a poll. Do you think most of the unsaved American world would consider the God of the Bible sexist? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Okay, tell me why. Why do you why? And again, this this is all conjecture. Why do you think they would see it that way? Well, if you read through the Bible, you'll see God has preferences on the roles of a man and a woman and they're different and the world doesn't like that they think now it seems to be anyone should be able to do anything and i just think they just don't like it what do you think Ru? well i think that um humans can mess up what god has created and so just because there's differences doesn't mean that there's um, differences in value. And mm-hmm. so um, I think that that's a common misconception, even among followers of God, because people are human. They can, you know, go in one ditch or the other. And um, I think that people have been sexist and that was taken as, um, you know, as God God wanted it, even though it wasn't the case. So, yeah. So <clears throat> let me let, let me know if this makes sense or if I'm hearing um, 
hearing this right, it sounds like throughout history, some people might have used the Bible as an excuse to justify sexist mm -hmm. actions. Yeah. And therefore, unfortunately, the <clears throat> author of the Bible, God, has been accused of or blamed, you know, for the actions of, you know, some people. And, you know, it, it, in the same way, I mean, I hate to, I, I, the, the, one of the classic examples of someone abusing the Bible and Christianity to try to act out uh, their terrible beliefs would be the KKK. Because if you ever listen to what they have to say, they go on and on and on about the Bible this and the Bible that, and they try to justify all of their just terrible and hateful actions with the Bible. And unfortunately, I think that that's happened as well with uh, the treatment of men and women. And unfortunately, you know, God's been blamed for that. Does that ring a bell or am I just crazy when I say that? Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy how um, I was actually looking through some of the some of the common complaints about sexism in the Bible, things that people say about God says evil monster. And it's honestly one of the things that gets brought up oftentimes is anytime that happens, honestly, oftentimes when God actually carried out justice upon mankind, it was men, women and children. He didn't really discriminate between men and women. But if women were ever included, then it's somehow because women somehow were included in a punishment, then God must be sexist because women should be protected above and beyond men. But there was a few different things that I came across um, that were pretty common um, complaints, like when um, God told them to count the people, he only told them to count the men in, in numbers. And so he oh, took a poll of the men and not the women. And so obviously <laughs> there, you know, you can blame God because he was um, sexist there. There was yeah, because times if where we change that, that would have just transformed humanity. Right. If right. you counted the women also, I mean, there would be no problems on earth. <laughs> right. So it, it, there's times where the Bible talked about, um, about women being unclean after childbirth or mm -hmm. where there was daughters that weren't named, but the sons were named um, like along the chronological order um, where, uh, where was some of these that I was seeing Oh, for wives to submit and have a specific role that was uh, put in the, the new Testament, some of the apostolic writings there. Um, so anyways, there was, then there was times where, where there was really, really, really horrendous things that happened in the Bible. And like you were saying, Patrick, it's recorded in there and we've got some really, really bad history of terrible things that happened to women in the Bible. Does that mean that God was okay with it? Uh, Solomon had hundreds of wives. Did God mm -hmm. set, set it up that way? No, he didn't set it up that way. That wasn't God's mm -hmm. plan. Yes, he suffered and he allowed men to live in sin and he still does today. But just because it's described in the Bible doesn't mean it was prescribed in the Bible. It says mm -hmm. he had wives. It doesn't say thou shalt have multiple wives. Jesus came yeah. and he affirmed later on. He said, it, you know, in the beginning, it wasn't this way. Since the beginning, it wasn't so. And because of your hard, hard hearts, Moses allowed you guys to do this or do that, put away. But it was since the beginning, it was one man and one woman. So also it says that in our days, good is going to be called evil and evil is going to be called good. And what God created, God created man and woman, and God said it was good and clearly defined different roles for us. And nowadays you can't be a man or you can't be a woman and actually fulfill God's calling for your life without 
the liberators that want to liberate you and give you your uh, empowerment as a woman coming and suppressing and saying, you can't be a woman. You can't stay home and, and nurture children. And, and this is when you do this, you're somehow feeding into this patriarchal uh, you know, society that's bad, negative. So they're, they're the ones that are supposedly liberating and giving women their rights, but they're actually, they're actually suppressing what God gave. So I thought one of the things I would ask for the wives here is obviously you guys have chosen different roles in your life than some women do. And obviously I'm not saying that all women should have the same role as, as other women do, or that just because you guys have chosen to be moms and have children and nurture children and homeschool or different things that you guys do um, that I see as positive things. It's not like you guys are pushing that on everybody else and saying everybody else has to do this. But when somebody else comes along and says, in order for you to actually be a real woman, you have to have, you know, you have to fit into this mold because you're a woman and women have to go out and have an education and a job and you can't have more than two children. And this is this is a freedom that we walk in. Have you guys I, I was just wondering if either of you guys have ever found yourselves in an awkward situation where you're on social media or in groups and you're the odd duck out as a woman fighting against women by our societal standards. Yeah, sure. I mean, I tend you? to avoid groups like that, yeah, honestly. Right. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, so, they're, but they're out there. So let me ask you this, <clears throat> because uh, a, a lot, I'm sure our audience, not everyone here knows us. So not everyone knows, you know, uh, what our wives do. And uh, so um, my, Joanna and Rue are both stay-at-home moms. We have six kids. Um, Caleb and Rue just had their third. Uh, I was going to say, it feels like just a couple months ago, but it's so hard to keep up. Is that is. how? Okay. And um, so let me ask you this. Since both of you ladies have uh, a lot of experience as a stay-at-home mom, taking care of your kids, homeschooling your kids, keeping the home, my first question is, looking back, would you change anything if you had it to do over? No, you know, I, I'll let you speak too, Rue, but I, uh, before I was married and I went to college, I was pretty conflicted because I didn't know how things were going to pan out. And I thought, well, I, I always just wanted to be a mom. That was me. I always wanted to be married and have kids and be at home, but I didn't know how things were going to shake out. So I went, you know, went to school and I forgot your question already. I just went off. Would you, uh, would you, looking back, would no. you change anything? Would you go a different route instead of being, I'll use the Bible term, a keeper of the home? No. And uh, two things. Uh, ever since I, be, you know, got married and had kids, it suddenly dawned on me that I, I relaxed internally. I felt like at, at peace. Oh, good. This is, I really felt like, hey, this is God's will. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. It was a great realization. And we had an interesting conversation with some friends of ours a couple of months ago, a friends of yours that came over and I didn't know them. And this man, very nice man, asked me a question. He said, hey, if uh, if you weren't in your position now, if Joanna, me, you didn't have kids and you weren't married, what would you be doing? And I, I had nothing. I didn't know what to say. This is, you know. Anyway, go ahead, Rue, if you had something. Well, I think that um, different women have different calling. 
just like different men have different callings. And for some women, it really is to be just a wife and mom and um, keeper of the home, as Patrick said. Um, And I think that that's, I think that if you're forcing yourself to, you know, have the career and only the two kids and spend only a couple of hours a day with your kids and you've felt the calling to be at home with them and, you know, keep your home mainly. Um, I think that could be a real struggle. And like Joanna said, a lack of peace or well, the opposite of what she said, but anyway. Um, and so, I mean, I wouldn't do anything different. I have um, worked part-time since I've been a mom. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as your children are your first priority. Your, your Well, your husband's your first priority. Your children are, you know, just right there too, right? Maybe a little half step under <laughs> because they'll all grow up and move away, but I'm stuck in the long stuck haul here. So <laughs> yes, right. so um, our relationship is most important and hard. Some days it's hard to remember that with having, a, you know, several little ones, but mm-hmm. it's good to be reminded of that. So um, I don't know, like, I think that I wouldn't do anything different but I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with other women. If that's what works for them in their situation, um, doing something different. Long way of saying that. (laughs) So LaRonda made mention here, one of our followers uh, made a comment that she loved being a stay at home mom, but today society doesn't value it. And Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to get everyone's take on this because I, 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 if you can believe it, I have a strong opinion on this. Um, I see Wait, that you have a strong opinion. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I do. And I'm almost ready to share it. So okay. I, I see that one of the number one problems in society is the breakdown of the family unit. And because of that, that, that is what is, is causing kids to not grow up. They, they don't have the two strongest role models in their life, which is mom and dad. And I think because of that, a lot of kids are are growing up and they're looking elsewhere and, and they're finding them in athletes and in the movies and on TV and, you know, in, in lots of different places. And <clears throat> I see that society constantly telling women that what they're doing by having kids and, and staying at home and, and being a keeper of the home and raising their kids, it's always talked down upon. And for me, the greatest thing in my kids' life is my wife who spends so much time with them. The One of the reasons that our kids, you know, have any good qualities at all is because They have a mom who loves them, who is always around and she spends the time with them. And I I see that because it is constantly talked down upon, it is constantly um, dismissed as unimportant. I think it's really hurting uh, the family, Uh, you know, now that the kids, you know, they they don't have an anchor. Um, It anyway. Uh. You know, Caleb, I haven't heard from you in a little little while. What what are your thoughts? I was well, I was just about to say we're 20 minutes into the episode here, and all we've done mm-hmm. is talk about the women and let the women talk. We gotta take a turn uh-huh. talk about <laughs> us now. I mean, come on. I mean, we don't have to pretend that just because God isn't sexist that we can't we can't take a turn here. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, 
yeah, so there's uh, obviously I kind of rattled off a list of some things in the Bible that people point at to say, well, that this is wrong or that's wrong. And one thing that I always try to remind myself of whenever I look at these issues, uh, the Bible speaks through thousands of years at different cultures, different times, and not all of those cultures were, uh, there's a lot of cultural norms that may or may not have been correct or what God ever intended. No different than if we record history now, we're speaking into a culture that we can look around and say, man, this is messed up. This is the way God wants it. So obviously throughout history, cultures have changed, times have changed, and different scriptures and different situations that were being addressed specifically by the apostles were, um, were talking to specific cultures and I'm how, how much that played into their opinion on, on what they wrote and how much of what they wrote was always hundred percent inspired. Sometimes Paul says, you know, this wasn't me or wasn't God saying this It's my opinion. Sometimes it's clearly, you know, Paul says he'd rather men get uh, emasculated than, than circumcised. And then, and he didn't mention at that point that it was, um, not God speaking. Sometimes he says, this is I, but not God. So uh, although I do believe that scripture is, is inspired by God, we do have to realize the culture that it was speaking into and what they were dealing with at the time. And sometimes there were clear, clear guidelines that were given in the Bible that, des- that described different roles for men and women that were done by godly men that were, I believe, inspired by God. And some of those are like, I think what actually brought this up was where women are supposed to remain quiet in church. And so obviously this is a big deal because this is still something that churches practice today. Mm-hmm. And so I, of course I thought I, I should just talk on this a little bit because I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend like God is always equal rights. It's not like that. I mean, God gave us clearly defined roles. So one of the things that I was going to say, Patrick, is as far as you are concerned, mm-hmm. if you were to look at what you've accomplished in your life, if you met somebody and you were trying to introduce them to yourself and tell them a little bit about yourself, what would be something that would always come up in a first, in your first conversation, telling them a little bit about yourself? Um, <clears throat> so in my current state, as I am right now, right? Okay. So just about everyone, I always tell them um, I'm married. I got six kids and I'm showing them a picture of them. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's within two minutes of meeting anyone. I never thought I would be that guy. I thought that was supposed to be like 80 year old grandparents that do that. But everyone I meet, I'm like, oh, and let me show you a picture of my family within a right. minute. Okay. And then, so, and then you, and then you show a picture of your guns, but before you show the guns, you show your family. No, no, no. Our well, family pictures are taken with us holding okay. guns. Okay. There you go. So yeah, it's a two bird situation. So that that is something that is that I look at and it's it, it defines not only who I am, but I look at who I would not be if it wasn't for my wife and my children. And and it's amazing how when when we look at that and how God has given us different roles, my wife has done the lion's share of the work raising the children. Mm-hmm. She's done the lion's share of the work with domestic um keeping our home together. Mm-hmm. I don't have I don't have, I mean, I, I bring a paycheck home sometimes if I, if I can, sometimes not. (laughs) And, and if you really look at the roles that men would have in society, if God didn't give us a few jobs to do here and there, women would be doing everything. And guys would just be sitting around watching TV on the couch, like a bunch of lazy bums and, you know, maybe going to work. 
much exactly. like a beehive. That, okay, so you know how this works in a beehive, all right? So Kate, I should tell everyone, Caleb and I are both beekeepers, and we joke about this all the time, because if you don't know, every bee in the beehive is a female except one kind of bee. Caleb, please continue. <laughs> the useless drones yeah. that every time you open the beehive, the first thing you do is you start smashing drones because all they do is sit around. Eat they make the, the women work. Yep. <laughs> they send the women to work so they can bring back the honey. They can sit around, kick back, watch TV, watch the women work. And, eat and the they honey. eat the honey. And then every once in a while, yep. whenever the hive, every few years, whenever the hive requeens and they have to go on a mating flight, finally the drone has something to do. The rest of the time, they're pretty much just a useless stud. Yep. So I say for crying out loud, if God says, all right, you know what, guys, you speak up a little bit in church or lead out in this area or that area for, for crying out loud, let us do something. Otherwise, we're pretty much useless because the women are doing everything else. They're raising the children. They're birthing the children. They're making the children. I mean, our part is pretty much easy there as far as as far as reproduction goes. And so when God gives us a little bit of a role, I say, there's nothing wrong with with letting the guys lead out a little bit in the church or in the family in some roles, but it shouldn't get flipped around where the Bible says that there's one thing that the people will say God is sexist because it says that the woman is a weaker vessel. It doesn't say she's the lesser vessel. Mm-hmm. If you look at the culture that they were speaking into, guys were hardworking, stronger, more physically fit. The women were raising the children. And that doesn't mean that every woman can't be physically fit or that every woman has to be married and have children or that just because somebody has a career that they're not fitting into God's plan for them. But if somebody chooses that path for their life, they're really embracing the God-given nurturing nature that God gave women. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's also nothing wrong with letting a man be a man and go and work hard or or do what God says. We don't have to reverse the roles and turn men into feminine yeah. You know, you look around on Facebook right now, one of the big memes that goes around with coronavirus is like something like uh, ladies, ladies, you're looking around and wondering what, how that guy with the skinny jeans is going to, you know, <laughs> go and hunt or fish. <laughs> yeah. right. right. Well, there's also one that says that men are looking for women that can kill chickens. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. that too. Out the window. You want someone who can kill a chicken. <laughs> right. Okay. So let me, uh, Caleb, let me, let me circle back to what you were saying here um uh uh uh, ask the question so i do want to answer these and i want to answer them directly but before before i go any further it's very important that i get this one idea out there and that is that men and women in the bible are only equal in one way and that is in their worth God looks at men and women with equal value. But with that, the similarities stop. God made men and women vastly different on purpose. And God gave women some strengths and God gave men some strengths. He made us very different physically. He made us very different emotionally. He made us think different and react different ways and they play towards our strengths in the roles that god has given us so because god made us very different he gave us different roles in the church in the family in society and what people the the reason people get off and make a mess of it is because they don't like 
some of the roles God gave the man or some of the roles God gave the woman. Instead, the, the, the safest and most wonderful place I have ever found in my life is when I just take the Bible for what it says and I stop trying to make it say what I want, because what I want is always a train wreck. And if I could just listen to what God says and, and stay within the role God gave me, okay, th that's how I know I'm going to be the strongest in my place of business, in my family, in my church. And Caleb, I don't know about you, but when I was um, praying for God to send me a wife, and uh, because I wanted to be married, I wanted a family. That was that was more important to me than one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just one. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody needs a second mother-in-law. And I was wondering so, if he had answered or if he was still answering. I'm just checking. No, no, no. Yeah. And I'm just joking about the mother-in-law thing. My wife has a great mother-in-law. Okay. So, so, <laughs> so, so when I was when I was praying to God for a wife and when I was looking for a wife, okay, uh, I was looking for uh, what God gave me in Joanna. I wanted someone that had her values and her desires and wanted to uh, be excited about the role that God gave her in the home, in the church, everywhere. I didn't want to marry a female that was like a man in every way. And I don't think any guy does. That's not right. what we, that's not, you know, what we're looking for. I don't want, I didn't want to marry someone like me. Hey, I hardly enjoy being around me. <laughs> so it was important for me to find someone that celebrates the roles God gave them instead of fighting it. And I like the roles that God gave me, and I'm not good at the roles God gave the ladies. I'm not good at it. If I had to do it, it would be done very poorly. So I thank God that he is way smarter than me, and I think Christians across the board just need to stop getting in the way and messing it up and just get in line and get on God's plan. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, the churches work better, the families work better. You know, and, and unfortunately, as soon as the Bible says that a woman can't do one thing, God says, well, this one thing I don't want you doing. That's where they draw the line and throw a fit. And they say, well, why can't we do that? I don't know. Because God said so, but he has a reason and he's smarter than me. So why are we fighting it? There's lots of things that men aren't allowed to do. Great. I don't see the, I've never seen the problem with it. It's never been an, an issue to me. I've never been <clears throat> insulted or offended because God wants uh, to, to divvy up the workload. I, I Maybe I'm crazy. I, I seem to boil everything down to that, you know, during every one of these podcasts. Tell me, tell me what you ladies think. Brew, do you have any thoughts? Well, I think that the key is, in order for there to be a proper balance, the key is that both spouses are seeking to follow God. And if both spouses are seeking to follow God, I think each couple's, um, I guess, maybe power dynamic, for lack of a better word, term, um is going to look a little different. I mean, there's going to be some generalities and there's going to be some, I think that as long as um, they're both following after God, it's going to be a little bit like a puzzle 
and each puzzle is going to look a little different. So um, I don't know. There's, yeah. Anyway, what do you think, Joanna? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, we're two different people compared to you guys. And, you know, um, I kind of lost my train of thought there listening to what you're saying. But uh, <laughs> Have you ever wanted the man's role in the church or in the home or in society? I personally never have. I've been relieved that I don't have to go out and earn a living and have the stress of that on my back. You know, I like being at home. I like my jobs that I have here, except for laundry and dishes. I, I hate those. <laughs> anyway, uh, I never wanted the stress and responsibility of being the, the main person in the house bringing in the income. Um, and I think there's a lot of women that are very capable. They're very capable of earning money, but I don't think many of them actually like that role. They would probably like to have some help shouldering that responsibility. I've personally never wanted your job. Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question? Yeah. That, that's I was, me. I was about to ask you pretty much to, the, for the same answer that you just gave. So one of the things that I that I appreciate about my wife, of course, like Patrick said, I was I I've never had I've never been driving down the street when I was single and just saw, you know, a, a mechanic that's all greasy and just crawled out from underneath the truck. And I was like, man, I wish that, you know, I, you know, that somehow we could end up together. I And I realize there's some people everybody has their different tendencies. Oh, yeah. There are some people that actually struggle with, you know, even gay tendencies or whatever. But I have always been attracted to women. And if I had, if I had it my way, um, the only thing that I would have done different is, is had God make it that it was just easier for us, easier to catch them. But um, <laughs> I, I couldn't complain at one bit about, about the fact, the way that God created women or women. And I honestly think that God knew exactly what he was doing. And if I was to, if I was to set it up differently, um, or if I was, if I was in God's shoes and I was to, to do something differently, I don't know how I would have done it differently, but I'm sure I wouldn't have designed everything the way that he did. So I look at it and I say, well, God obviously knew what he's doing. And I don't necessarily know why. I don't know why it is that it says that women are supposed to remain quiet in church. All right. That's not, I didn't design that. I'm not <laughs> the one that wrote that. So that's, I mean, that's what brought this whole thing up. But if God says it, am I going to be like, mm, I kind of disagree. Maybe God's wrong here, but I think he's still a good God. No, you can't have it both ways. Either God is God and what he says and what he designs is good. And there has to be a reason whether we understand that reason or not. Um, so what I, I can only see it from my perspective. And someday I'll probably know better than I do now. Uh, in eternity, maybe I can really get the bigger picture. But I look at it and I appreciate about my wife the fact that God seems like he's designed it to where we have naturally, I mean, even when we're not trying to be great Christian role models in our marriage, um, my wife has a tendency, she's a very, very opinionated person. Okay. She has, she's not like a pushover. She has her ideas and her thoughts. She is not a, she's not a doormat. But when it comes to bigger decisions and um, leadership and things like that, she's always been very good at, even when my ideas are crazy and off the wall and I'm like, hey, we're going to leave and go to Minnesota or we're going to Colorado or whatever, whatever I get in my head. She's always been very supportive of going along with, with what I'm doing and, and kind of following the lead, even mm -hmm. when I, even when she wasn't necessarily 
I don't think having to work that hard at it or trying, I mean, I'm sure she's tr- trying, but there's times where even on a bad day, it just seems like God has somehow cut us out for some reason. He did it that way. And it only makes logical sense. You can't both. I mean, if, if you have to vote on every decision that you make, mm-hmm. it would make life a lot more difficult. And so the way that God's designed it, he seems to have given the, the guys, and this is what the Bible says. He's given us a, a position of leadership in our homes and that doesn't mean that somehow we're superior. It just means that in this one area of life that God has said, you're going to be the one that leads out. That doesn't go over well in our society, especially in a democratic society where you all vote on it. Everybody gets equal say. It's not that way with God. When God says it's this way, it, it's for guys or girls. It doesn't matter. We're not supposed to get a vote with God. We don't sit around and decide how we're going to do it. When God says it, this is how it is, this is how it is. and We don't get a vote. So. I appreciate that about my wife. And of course, I don't really like I I wish that God would make would have made me better looking or I mean, there's things that he could have done. And I don't yeah. understand what it is about go- girls that somehow makes them tick the way they do and that they're willing to get stuck with us ugly dudes the rest of their <laughs> lives. But obviously, they keep doing it over and over again for centuries. And there must be something that attracts them. So and I've heard I've heard some women make comments, especially when they get drunk. I'm driving them for Uber. They'll make How comments many drunk about. How women are you hanging out with, Caleb? <laughs> Why? Why are you around all these drunk women? Well, I mean, if we're going to talk question. about this, let's get it out while your wife's so next on, to you. On, a, on well, occasion, I've been around drunk dudes. So, <laughs> on occasion, I try to avoid the drunk passengers. But on occasion, if I'm driving Uber, I, I'll pick somebody up, and I'll hear women say things like, "Oh, like." He, he, he'll never get up, get, get up the nerve to ask, you know, ask somebody out on a date. And I've seen actually even nowadays where guys, a lot of guys are so afraid to even lead out to the point that they would even say, hey, can I take you out to dinner? Because they're afraid that that's somehow sexist for them to even approach a woman and be the one to, to call the, you know, call the shot or be the first one to speak up. And it's gotten so reversed that men aren't even being men. And and so I, I was thinking of that meme, how women are wanting a guy that can hunt or fish or, you know, light a fire. And I guess I was just thinking, I'll ask you, Joanna, since it would be weird for Patrick to ask you this, but are there things, things about Patrick that you, that you see in him as a guy that you appreciate that go against the roles that society tries to force men into now. So we talked about women and how society tries to force them into the opposite role, but it's doing the same thing for men as well. So thought I'd let you speak on that a little bit. Uh, well, definitely. Um, but when I <clears throat> was thinking about what I wanted, I wanted a man's man. I wanted a real man as a, you know, college aged woman. I, I wanted a man who looked like he could chop wood without hurting himself. You know, <laughs> I, that was my preference. I wanted someone who was strong and capable, who wasn't lazy. And, um, you know, Patrick is the epitome of not lazy and he's very strong. And I think he probably even goes against the grain of, you know, even, even in that group, cause you're a very strong person. And, um, that's what I wanted. I didn't want someone who was prettier than me and <laughs> check. <laughs> I thought she was just going for brownie points until she said that, and I'm like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> okay, maybe she is honest. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I didn't want someone to feminine. Yeah. You know, I, no I skinny jeans in this house. Yeah, you're very handsome, but 
Uh, I botched that one, pretty sure. But anyway. Um, and I guess it's yeah. the same to you, Patrick. What would, as far as your wife, mm-hmm. um, is there some things about her that goes against the grain of society that you that you uh, appreciate or value? Or is it just really annoying that she isn't out there earning her half of the paycheck? You know, it's funny because um, I've had this conversation with lots of guys that are self-employed and we talk about this and, you know, obviously it's noticeable that we're a one income family. There are things we can't do because of that. So it's a decision. So many times I hear people that will say, oh, I wish my wife would stay home or the wife is like, oh, I wish I could stay home with the kids, but we can't afford to do it. Well, yeah, you can. Okay. Give me a stinking break. Okay. You know, my parents grew up in New York city, dirt poor, you know, a tiny little apartment. They didn't have two nickels to rub together. You can make it work. Okay. My grandparents were kids of 12 and 13 in the family. Okay. You can make it work. You got to make a decision for, for Joanna and I, we wanted a big family and we wanted um, uh, Joanna to be able to stay home with them so we could get a certain product because our family was important. Uh, Does that mean there are sacrifices? Yeah, we're probably never going to go to Disney World. That's fine. We don't care. You know, for in our family, Joanna and I have never bought our kids a bicycle. Every single one of our kids have worked and earned money and saved up and bought their own bicycle. And for several years, yeah, we're horrible. I know we're horrible parents. There were several years where only one or two of the kids had a bike. And the other kids were always complaining. I want a bike. Well, go get a job and get a bike. No one's stopping you. But I don't know what to tell you. You know, well, that's not fair. They should all have bikes. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. I shouldn't be fat and bald, but I am. Okay. Life's not fair. You know, but we make decisions and the decisions that we've made, I am thrilled with. I I didn't want what society was selling. What society is selling is is ridiculous. It is stupid. It is unattractive. It is worthless. It is divorce. What society is selling is bankruptcy and living in debt and divorce and hatred and disobedience, kids and rottenness. It is a disease. I don't want anything to do with it. There is nothing society has ever shown me that was attractive where I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's what I want. Never. It is the antithesis of what I want for myself and for my family. So what was the question? <laughs> Something about my wife. So, well, I go ahead. Jump on in. It's it's her turn. She, nobody's nobody's complimented me yet. So, <sighs> it's your chance. Wow. Well, I was just gonna say it's it really is all about priorities because um, I mean we I work part time, but most of our marriage, at least most of the time that we've had kids, I've been a stay at home mom, and childcare is really expensive. Um, and I mean, I, both of us were raised in single income households, not that our moms never contributed anything financially, but you know, our dads are the ones that brought home the bread. I mean, at least in my family, it was that way. And yeah, there, we never went to Disney world and neither of our families did. And you know what? I, I mean, I guess they say you don't know what you're missing, but like, I, I, 
it's it's not like a big regret of mine having grown up in a household that where we never went to Disney World. We only went to the beach a couple of times. Like it's you just grow up and you learn how to raise chickens and garden and, (laughs) you know, all of the things that what your priorities are as a family. And so I don't know, I guess. You're, you're, you're <laughs> well, no, the thing is, is that uh, what y'all were saying earlier, as far as, um, you know, what Joanna, what you were looking for in a man. And I think, you know, I think God gives us those desires and he, you know, I'm not necessarily someone that believes that there's this one person out there, this one unicorn out there that is just for you. But I think that God can send us someone um, if we're looking for something, God can send us someone that meets those things. Like I, my wishes were a little bit different, but not super different. Just more like I wanted a teammate, someone that we could um, be more effective in the kingdom of God together than alone. And I think that that is, I think that I found that. So. <laughs> yeah. We talked about that before we got married that we could, we felt like between the two of us that we could be more effective together for God than we could alone. Mm-hmm. And I look at it now and I'm like, man, what would I be without my wife and my children? I'd be some lonely dude running around at the pickup truck or something like that, trying to figure out my way in life. And, and I'm just so thankful that God gave me the opportunity to, to fulfill my place. Not, you know, I could have been scared off and said, oh, you know, I don't want to do that. And marriage is way too traditional. And maybe I should just, you know, be single and not, not do that. I'm not saying that people, that everybody has to get married, but there ain't nothing wrong with going ahead and just embracing what God has designed. And yeah, we don't always understand it. And it's not always easy, but um, I, I think that what I was, what I, one of the things I had mentioned earlier, and we had a question that popped in here from who was it that asked, um, Oh, Darren asked, what about women preachers? And that I was, was something that, that. <clears throat> yeah. So it was something that I was actually going to mention is that, and I kind of got off the rails earlier talking about Paul and him writing different things that sometimes maybe he was expressing his opinion, but oftentimes whether or not he was always expressing something that was directly inspired by God or not, he oftentimes was referencing specific problems that were happening in certain churches. And so sometimes where he, it would have sort of been a direct con- uh, contradiction of other times where he um, talked to, I uh, talked about, women in the church that were apostles and that he seemed to affirm different roles that they had in the church. There was, um, uh, what Lydia Tabitha to Tabitha. Tabitha. Uh, I think. <laughs> um, it talks about different ones, um, being teachers of theology or deacons, church leaders, prophets. Um, there was even places where Paul, Paul, he talked at times about the women, about women, specific i think it was actually referencing more specific women being remaining quiet or silent in church and there was probably some troublemakers that were out stirring up trouble and way outside of their roles that he may have been addressing not necessarily saying generally women have to stay silent all the time in church as a general rule it seems like that it does is god's natural given kind of roles for men to probably predominantly be leaders in church or in the home either way but it was not like it was clearly commanded women have to stay quiet in church. And I think that's some somewhat of a misunderstanding that women, I mean, if, if that was the case where you, where you look at where it talks about women having long hair or uh, the, the veiling or depending on how you look at that, it uh, it's talking about them prophesying publicly. 
And so if a woman is okay to prophesy publicly, that's about as deep as it goes in, in, in the church. It's not just them, you know, praying quietly, but them actually speaking for God or, or, you know, saying something, repeating God's word. So obviously there's, there is still plenty of roles for the women to mm-hmm. fill in church. It's not like women are useless in church and that we just push them to the side as, as if the, that men just run this whole show. That doesn't mean that some churches aren't run that way. And I do see some churches yes. that have, uh, that do seem to be sexist either one way or the other. I've seen some churches that the women take over and run the whole show and the men don't have any say or vice versa. And I don't really think that it's supposed to be that way. Um, just because God, because God seems to give us specific roles doesn't mean that that limits what our, our wives can do. Um, they can still be very effective and, and lead. They don't have to be in the pulpit necessarily teaching the men, but there's plenty of roles for them to do. So I thought since that Certainly. kind of is what got us onto this topic, I don't know. I've never been to church with you guys, so I don't know what your experience has been. Do you guys have a woman preacher at your church? Uh, I will never have a woman preacher at my church because when I have gone to visit churches and a woman got up to preach from the pulpit, I looked to my friend and said, have a good day. Call me after you're done and we can go get lunch. And I walked out. Okay, And uh, just to, you know, hit this uh, nail, you know, hit this square between the eyes. uh, The Bible is clear. Uh, Caleb, like you said, the Bible doesn't say that women have to remain silent anytime they're in a church building. Okay. As a matter of fact, it specifically says that women can teach other women and children. The only thing that women are not allowed to do is to teach men. And the Bible is very clear. It says that a pastor has to be the husband of a wife. It is a male that has to be the pastor. Okay. There is no room for that. There is no wiggle room. Okay, men have to be pastors, men have to be deacons, men have to be elders. There, there's no gray area there. All of them have to be the husband of one wife, okay? So we're talking about, and it, it, I mean, anyone that argues that has never read the Bible. You go to Titus chapter 2 down to verse 4, and you find out that they may teach the young women, okay? It, it's, it never says that women are never allowed to utter a word or, or you know, I mean, I think people that try to push that as an example are, really haven't even read the Bible, let alone the entire chapter of the book that they're, you know, abusing to try to make a terrible point. Okay. But as far as women preachers, absolutely not. Women are not supposed to be teaching the men. Okay. That's where God draws the line. As far as children and other women, absolutely. The Bible's clear on that. There's nothing wrong with that. The Bible even encourages certain women that, you know, have gifts in those areas to do that. Uh, it talks about how the aged women, the older women are to take the younger women under their wing and teach them how to be good wives and keepers of the home and how to raise their kids and try to pass on the knowledge and wisdom that they have. Okay, but for some reason, it seems to be that when the fella is up there and he's teaching from the word of God, the idea is that the woman is supposed to just listen and bring her questions to her husband when they get home. Some women don't like that idea. Some men argue that idea, but it is to strengthen the family unit. The idea is that you go home from the preaching and you sit down and you discuss it and you talk about it with your husband, you talk about it with your wife, you talk about it with your kids. That is a good thing. The idea was that the women were discouraged, you know, from um, uh, uh, interrupting the preaching and bringing up questions or points at that time. 
Okay. Again, we could try to come up with why. Who cares why? God said so. Why, why isn't that a, enough for us anymore? You know, if, if you want America to be a total mess, keep asking that question. Well, why did God say so? Well, because he's smarter than you. That's why. He <laughs> right. That's the answer to every why did God say so. So, um, <clears throat> unfortunately, I think it, it is misunderstood sometimes, uh, that portion of scripture that you brought up. And people don't look at the whole counsel of God, because when you look at the whole thing, it's like, well, actually, there is plenty for you know, women to do in the church and God specifically gives them roles and tells them how to use their strengths to help other people in the church. Something else I wanted to, <clears throat> I wanted to bring up Caleb that, that you mentioned before is the idea that the marriage is not a 50, 50 partnership. And, and that's true. God put the burden of leadership on the men. And some people don't like that. But I would also challenge those people to understand what the end times are going to be like, because uh, I am going to have to stand before God and answer for my wife and my kids, my entire family. My wife will not. My wife is not going to be held responsible for the spiritual outcome of this family. I will. I'm going to stand there by myself and have to uh, give an account to God for my failings as a husband and as a leader. So it's very important that the men understand that and they take that uh, uh, they take that responsibility seriously, because I think far too many of them are like, ah, my wife's more into teaching the kids about the Bible. Well, you're going to sound like an idiot when you stand before Jesus one day and I'm going to be standing there watching you. OK, that is unacceptable. So w whenever people have that idea like, oh, you know, the men are in charge of the home and I don't like that. That's not a wonderful thing. That's a huge responsibility. Uh, that that doesn't mean that, you know, someone is making you brownies and rubbing your feet every night. That means that you have to stay up late. You have to work hard. You are responsible. You have to go to God on your face before God, praying that God provides for your family and, and takes care of the difficulties that your family is facing. And it is a serious responsibility. And, and I think people just completely miss that uh, when they when they discuss that topic. So I just wanted to kind of you know, throw that in there as, yes, someone has to lead. It can't be we take a vote and it's a deadlock every time. It's a 51%, 49%, you know, shareholders meeting. Okay, someone has to be the majority shareholder and make the decision. And that responsibility has fallen on the men, whether you like it or not. You know, that is what the Bible says. Uh, Good. Go ahead and well, rate my last statement on a, on a one to 10 sexist scale. How bad was it? <laughs> well, okay. Along, I was actually having very similar um, thinking down a similar line. Um, when, a, you know, growing up reading the Bible, there's certain scriptures that stand out as, or passages that seem really unfair to the women as far as like um, back when, um, if women were raped and, they were could be forced to marry their rapist or they were stoned with their rapist or just different things like that. And one of the ones that stood out to that stood out to me when I was younger was the part where um, dads and husbands could void a woman or girl's oath. And at the time that seemed really unfair, like how could they, you know, do that or whatever. But then I went back and read it. It's in um, numbers 30 and it goes through and it lists all, you know, the ways that if men make an oath, they're bound by it. Uh, if, if widows or divorced women make an oath, they're bound by it. 
And then at the very end where it talks about, you know, the men, fathers and husbands, void, you know, being able to void an oath, it says, but he shall, um, he shall be held responsible for her breaking her vow. Basically that's paraphrased, but that's what it was. And so basically exactly what you're saying is, you know, it, it fell on him. If he said, you know, said, Hey, that's not a great idea. He had to compensate for that. So, mm-hmm. and then also as far as like um, men being leaders in the home and the vote not being 50, 50 or whatever, I think, I don't know about Joanna, but I can say for myself that um, I think that women can often be more indecisive and they can have a lot of opinions and ideas and thoughts and they can, you know, verbally express them very well, or at least I can't, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But men can more see like black and white, like women might say, well, this would be good for this person or this would be good for that person. And men are like, this is good for us. And um, I think that, I don't know, maybe that's just my experience, but. Yeah, I tend to be kind of a black and white, right and wrong kind of guy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much wishy-washy on every subject that comes (laughs) up. Yeah, I've been wondering where you're going to put your foot down. (laughs) Or when Joanna was going to put her foot down there (laughs) to straighten your helm up. So um, apparently you're in good company. Mike, uh, Mike Reed chimed in here and said that he would do the same thing, I think, as far as getting up and walking out of a church service where a woman was preaching the message. Um, and so, of course, like usual, I might take a bit of a softer approach than, than you. I've never actually been in that situation, but I have seen many, many times where, like to my wife's point, churches that have specific, specifically like um, some of the Presbyterian churches and some of those churches that have um, adopted women leadership, predominantly women leadership, have also been some of the first to completely waffle on every aspect of clear theological stand that the church used to take. And they now accept gay marriage and they got lesbian pastors. And, you know, it just seems like it goes down the, down the downhill really bad. And one of the things that I've wondered if, if was being expressed there, and of course, this is just conjecture, but was Paul saying, I think, I really think that the church was different then than it is now. It wasn't just a theater show where everybody files in, sits down, listens to a man talk for 45 minutes. They get up from the show and they go home. It was the church functioning together as an organism where they were actually going out and, and, and serving and helping one another. And it wasn't probably just so much of this theatrical performance that now that we know as the, the show that we call church. Now that wasn't really what was going on. So when there's issues that come along, would it be right, say there's somebody that comes in and attacks the church, or there's somebody that the church is trying to deal with, it's a, a tough subject, do we have the women, do we put it off on the women to, de- to deal with this, or should the guys lead out on something like that? If there's clear theological issues that's, that we need to stand up for to take a defense for our faith, where it seems like we are more cut out as guys to be defenders and to, and to, to like she said, to see those issues as black and white. God has given us those roles and he's given the women more of the loving, nurturing, kind friend um, that's going to, you know, be there. Somebody can cry on their shoulder and us guys are going to be like, hey, you need to go home and get your life straight out, <laughs> you know. So we, we definitely have different defined roles and the women are teaching in the church. They're more by examples, more so than by by leadership in the way that God has designed for guys. Do we we just have different roles? So when I look at it, I can look at it and say, I think that I can understand why God does it this way. It seems to me that it makes sense. But even if it didn't, am I going to question it? No, I'm not going to question it. I don't have to like it. It's what God says. That's what he does. So anyways, I think that I think that it is really cool when I see 
men or women choosing to say, okay, God says it, we're going to obey it. And if the men would obey God more, it wouldn't be so hard when the Bible says for women to submit themselves to their husbands. The Bible also says for all of us to submit ourselves one to another. Us guys are supposed to be submitted to each other. We're supposed to be submitted to God. And when God says something, he gets the ultimate say. And if guys would obey God, it would make it so hard for women to see these issues in the Bible where it's like, hey, guys can run around and be rebels and do whatever. But then the Bible says for women to obey. It's like, no, God, God says for all of us to obey. He just gave us different roles. That's my opinion so, on it. So uh, Mike Reed made it, makes a point here. And this is something I want to bring up. I think we all assumed it, but none of us said it. You know, mm-hmm. although God made the men the leader in the home, that what I mean, I, I can't speak for every man in the world, but I can tell you that Caleb and I, we talk everything over with our wife when we're making a big decision. And we sometimes say, okay, well, let's pray about this and come back in a little bit and see how, what we think about it. You know, it the <clears throat> the the goal was never um So a, Joanna, you you've you've approved of every gun he's bought. <laughs> I don't know all the <laughs> now one thing I'll, one thing I'll also add is that um, if you go back to the book of Genesis you find out in uh, chapter 2 verse 15 and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it so number one God gave man a, a purpose in life he gave him his life's work Okay, then we find out and the Lord commanded the man saying, so number two, God gave man his law word. God taught man the law of God. So Adam had a job. He knew what his purpose was, his role and his mission. And then number two, he knew what God taught mankind. Now, there weren't a whole lot of commandments back then, but understand Adam knew what he was doing only after the man knew what his life's work was. And after he got taught specifically by God, what the law of God was only then did God give him a wife, because if you don't know where you're going, then any train will get you there. And it is not fair to ask a woman to follow you in marriage. If you have no idea what you're doing, If you don't have a skill that can support them, if you don't know what the word of God says so that you can lead them and they can feel safe and comfortable following you, you have no right to marry a woman. Okay, that I think is the precedent set down in the Bible. And unfortunately, you know, there are far too many 25 year old morons out there that have no skills. They don't know anything about the word of God. And, you know, they think that they're supposed to uh, uh, be getting married and they think it's reasonable to ask some woman to hitch her wagon onto a a blind and dumb horse that's walking in circles. It's ridiculous. You know, and so I, I don't I don't see it the same way that a lot of that a lot of people do. Okay, I think if men took their role seriously Okay, women would have no problem because they would feel safe, they would feel comfortable, they would feel loved, and they would want to have that man uh, be the leader in their life, in their home, over their children, and it would be a- an easier, more comfortable task than some of the you know immature knuckleheads that we have out there now. 
I don't know if that helps. Yeah. Well, we have uh, we have our children with a babysitter, and we're at, we're over an hour, so I won't drag this out any further. But I would just say, for me, in in closing on this, I would say that the answer to the question is no. Absolutely, God is not sexist. But mm -hmm. if depends on how you what you call sexist, God definitely gives us clear defined roles, and I think that we should rejoice in that. We should build each other up in that, and. And I, I appreciate the fact that my wife is a woman and that she follows that role. And I think that also women, if, if you feel like somehow that you don't have enough roles in the church, maybe look at maybe the whole church structure is not quite the way that God designs it, because we should have opportunity. It shouldn't be everybody sitting down and listening to a man talk for an hour. The, the women should have plenty of time to be able to, to share and fellowship, share their hearts, maybe not in the pulpit, but there's got to be ways that we can do this to where to where the, the women are able to feel fulfilled and not like they're just sitting around watching a man shove the Bible down their throat. You know, yes, we have different roles in church, but there's, I think that some of that's um, gotten a little bit out of line. Like I said, some women have taken over churches, some men have taken over churches and God needs to be in charge. So I, to me, when we're both, when we're all submitted to God, I don't see, I really don't see a conflict. I wouldn't see it as a deal breaker the way that I look at it. I mean, I don't know about you, about you ladies, but I don't know if it would be a deal breaker if you were to do it over and realize what God requires, or if you got duped into this thing and you became a Christian, then you're like, oh, snap. Well, I think there's plenty of opportunities for women as far as like service. I mean, just tonight, um, we helped pass out. from our church and um i mean there's lots of opportunities for service with women um in the church and i mean someone's got to clean the church house <laughs> and I mean, there's just because you're a woman doesn't mean that there's not a place for you in the church or your voice doesn't matter so. And it also doesn't mean that your role or your job is not important. As we said before, God values men and women as equals. Okay, Every role, every job is important. It was given to us specifically by God. And unfortunately, some people place different things higher. For some reason, the pastor is always rated at the top because he's standing in front of the church talking. So therefore, he's the most important. But the fact is, you know, that, that's a small part of any church. There's, you know, there's a hand, there's a foot, an eye and a nose and an ear. And we've all read those verses and every part is required or else the body doesn't doesn't work. Sweetie, do you have anything you want to add before we close? I think you guys said it all. Okay. Caleb, you want to jump in with any final words? Yeah, I just compliment your wife on staying quiet there at the end. Rue, <laughs> no, it's always, Rue, it's always like fun visiting. Slug your husband on live television. I did tell him before we started, I said, just be prepared that I'm not going to be afraid to hit you on, on camera <laughs> if you so, I would just <laughs> like everyone... I don't know if anyone has kept score, but how many sexist comments were made? They were all made down in Texas by Caleb. Not one was made up here. And I almost slipped right at the end because you just like lobbed up a softball and I didn't even swing at it because I knew it would derail the whole thing. So I'll share that with you when we're done. But um, <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Rue. Thank you, Joanna. We really appreciate having you. We're definitely going to have to have you ladies on again. It was a real uh, treat to uh, be able to do this with you. You guys yeah, all set? Absolutely.
Okay. Yep. Everyone have a good night. Hey, we'll see you. What's our week. episode next? What's our episode next week? Uh, the Sabbath. Sabbath. Yep. So that'll be a good one. I'm excited. A lot of people have questions about it. Okay. That's it. We're signing off. Shabbat Shalom. We'll see everyone in a week. All right. Good night, y'all. Bye-bye.